You're listening to a University of Warwick podcast. For more information on the university, please visit warwick.ac.uk. Dr Subra Suresh is the ninth president of Carnegie Mellon University. He began his tenure on July 1st, 2013. Prior to assuming this role, he served as director of the National Science Foundation, the NSF, in the United States. Suresh received an honorary doctor of science from the University of Warwick on Tuesday the 15th of July, 2014. Here he is speaking to GB Jenkins. Good morning, Dr. Suresh. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, what are you currently working on? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me, and uh, thank you also for inviting me to the University of Warwick on this special day. Uh, currently, as president of the university at uh, Carnegie Mellon University, we are working on a number of projects. Uh, the first major project that we launched last year was to create a new gateway to the campus, which we will call Tepper Quad, uh, named after David Tepper, uh, who's the benefactor, major benefactor uh, for this project. And this will bring together um, various parts of campus to strategically connect them in the areas of innovation and entrepreneurship. It'll house our business school in its entirety and also allowing for future growth. Uh, it'll create a new headquarters for our technology licensing office, Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, that connects different schools and colleges within the university. Uh, it'll also be the headquarters for what we refer to as the Simon Initiative, named after the late Dr. Herbert Simon, a Nobel laureate, who was instrumental in applying technology to impact learning outcomes many decades ago. And Carnegie Mellon University is very well known for it. And this is another area where that will uh, benefit from the new building that we will build on this gateway. It will also be a place we'll have a new welcome center for the whole university. And uh, it will also have elements that will enhance the quality of life on campus such as a nice cafeteria for students and faculty and also a fitness center and various meeting rooms and the largest auditorium to date on campus. The second major project is what I uh, briefly alluded to, which is the Simon Initiative. Um, C CMU, or Carnegie Mellon University, has long been known for as one of the key centers for um, research into the science of learning applying the latest in technology with such things as artificial intelligence and machine learning to not only disseminate knowledge, but to make sure that the information that's disseminated optimizes the outcome for learners of all ages. And uh, that's, a prog that's an initiative that now uh, CMU is leading by also bringing together people from different parts of the world. So those two are examples of two of the major projects that I'm working on. On a personal level as a professor, my re current research involves two topics, looking at uh, the behavior of materials at the nanoscale, and also looking at the mechanical response of biological cells as they are affected by uh, different diseases, infectious diseases such as malaria, hereditary blood diseases such as sickle cell anemia or different types of cancer. Thank you very much. Um, okay, um, 
You, um, as you've mentioned, you're the president of Carnegie Mellon and you took over last July in that role. So um, how have you found uh, your first year as a member of the CMU community? Uh, it's been a wonderful year. Um, it, uh, I started with uh, um, almost a year-long listening tour. Uh, just whenever I, on, on every day that I was on campus, I was spending an hour or two with various groups, uh, groups of students or faculty or staff, sometimes parents of students, alumni. And when I was on travel, usually meeting with uh, alumni from across the world. And uh, it's been a wonderful learning experience. And uh, the, the university has had a spectacular growth in a relatively short period of time. Uh, even though it was founded as Carnegie Institute of Technology, in the very early 1900s. It became Carnegie Mellon University only in 1967. So it's a relatively young university, um, and it's uh, especially in the top 30 or so major research universities in the US, it's probably the youngest. Mm. And uh, so given that, trying to make sure that uh, the resources, the infrastructure, and also the policies and practices are in place as the university continues to grow, not only on a national scale, but also on an international scale. Thank you. Um, what makes you happy? A uh, lot of things, a uh, lot of things make me happy. Uh, uh, most of them don't require resources. It's just a uh, 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 but uh, probably what makes me the happiest is uh, uh, planning something, thinking about something, whether it's in personal life or in professional life, uh, working at it without knowing it's going to succeed or fail, and seeing the fruits of all that work materialize at some point. Warwick will be celebrating its 50th anniversary next year. And as much as we'll be looking backward, we are going to look forward as well to the next 50 years. So what do you think the biggest challenges will be and opportunities over the next five decades? It's very difficult to predict the future, but on the other hand, there are a few things that one can uh, talk about uh, regarding the future. At the technology and scientific uh, level, on a global scale, uh, the information and communication technologies will impact every part of life. And that brings in, you don't have to be a technical person, you don't have to be an engineer or a scientist to be impacted by all of this, whether it's healthcare, uh, privacy, security, confidentiality, uh, well-being, uh, normal day-to-day uh, uh, -day well being et cetera, um, portable devices, mobile devices, information uh, is going to play a huge role. And uh, we will all be not only beneficiaries of that, but we will also be participants in the global uh, collection of uh, information and data. And how we handle this and how we deal with this will be one of the biggest challenges. The other major challenge of the 21st century is going to be understanding the human brain. And uh, for example, in the United States, if you're lucky enough to reach the age of 85 today, you have a one in two chance of developing Alzheimer's in the rest of your life. The cost implication to the US just from that is about $1 trillion per year. 
of course, the U.S. population is much smaller than the global population. And as people age, especially in very populous countries such as China and India, uh, in the coming decades, the global financial implication of uh, brain diseases is going to be on the order of about $5 trillion U.S. dollars per year. So how do we collectively address um, the challenge of understanding the human brain and mitigating and preparing for uh, therapeutics and diagnostics and uh, other treatments for these diseases is going to be uh, very critical, uh, not just for any one country, but on a global scale. Uh, putting this question in the past tense because of when the podcast will come out, but we're just wondering what words of wisdom you have imparted to your fellow graduates today. I'm going to uh, say just very briefly uh, about two things. One is the question that you just asked about the grand challenges. And uh, uh, there are a number of grand challenges that we face from uh, energy, limited energy resources to population growth to climate change and uh, uh, transportation, urban uh, mobility, etc. Whatever grand challenges we face, many of them are technological challenges. But we cannot succeed in solving those grand challenges unless we also bring in the human condition. That means interfacing science and engineering on the one hand with humanity, social sciences, the arts on the other hand. So one advice or suggestion I would have to the graduates would be not to overlook the, the combination of humanities and technology. In other words, combine the left side of the brain with the right side of the brain. The second uh, suggestion that I would have for them would be uh, to think about leadership in addressing, solving these problems, not be, merely being a participant, but being a leader. Thank you very much. Thank and you. Thank you.